0: Today on Bold Steps Weekend, Mark Job reminds us that God has a plan.
1: The kingdom of God doesn't advance by people that have plenty. The kingdom of God, when I see it, typically advanced by people that are out-resourced. But they simply say, God, what I have, here it is.
0: Have you ever wondered if the little bit that you have to offer is enough to make a difference? Well, that's the topic of conversation this weekend here on the new Bold Steps Weekend program with Mark Job. Mark is president of the Moody Bible Institute and the senior pastor of New Life Community Church in Chicago. I'm Wayne Shepard. Mark originally preached this two-part message during a visit to the Maranatha Bible and Missionary Conference. If you missed the first part, you can hear the complete message online when you go to boldstepsweekend.org. But let's get started with this message titled, God Has a Plan. Here's Mark Job.
1: Philip is focused on what they do not have. Andrew is focused on what they do have. But in the light of what they need, it seems very small. But at least he has something. I may not have a full band, but I have one one singer. I may not have a building, but I have a community center. I may not have a great salary, but I got a part-time job. I may not have a lot of people to plant this church, but I have faith in a God that is the God of the impossible, a powerful God. And I've noticed that people that focus on what they do have... People that look at what they do have and they say, God, I don't have a lot, but this is what I have. Could you use it that the end result of people that focus on what they don't have and the end result of people that focus on what they do have is that God uses people that have little but say, here's what I have, God. I'm not focused on what I don't have. Can I tell you something? God will never hold you responsible for what you don't have. So stop worrying about it. What God will hold you responsible for is what you do have and what you do with what you have. Andrew, I don't know how he got the lunch, by the way. He's like, hey, Jesus wants to feed all these people. Anybody have a lunch? Anybody sandwiches? Hey, hey, little boy, is that your lunch? Yeah. Can I have it? (laughs) Mommy? Yeah. So he, 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 he gets a hold of this lunch, a little boy's lunch, and he doesn't have a lot, but he's got something. He's got something. Notice it. Sometimes we sanitize scripture, and we don't get into the real story of what this looked like. He gets a small person's lunch, and Andrew has a mentality of, God, I don't have a lot, But what I do have, I'm going to offer to you because I believe that you do have a plan. Do you remember the story of the widow that comes to Elijah the prophet and she says, my house is falling apart. My kids are a mess. I'm going to have to, I don't have any food. Uh, They're going to come and take my kids away. Um, Could you help me out? And Elijah the prophet asked her this question, what do you have in your house? And her immediate answer is, I have nothing. Because she had been used to so long telling herself, I have nothing, I have nothing, I have nothing. I don't have anything. I don't have what it takes. I can't do anything. She was so used to telling herself for so long that she had nothing that she forgot that she had a little oil. And then finally, she remembers, she said, oh, yeah, I have a little oil. And the prophet says, bring me the little oil that you have, because can I tell you something? The solution starts with what you have, not with what you don't have. You may be here and you're a single woman thinking that all of your problems would be solved if you found the right man. Could someone married tell her that's not true? Maybe you came to Maranatha thinking, Jesus, he's here. And you walked in this auditorium thinking, I'm just going to be led by the spirit. I'm going to sit, whoever I sit next to, maybe he's the person. I'm going to go with my eyes closed. If our hands touch while we worship, it's a sign. You know, because you're thinking, if I just had a man, if I just had, I'm unhappy, I'm discontent, I'm unfulfilled, I, I'm not really secure in who I am. So what I really need is I need a husband, and you you get obsessed with a husband, and and you, you 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 they run away from you because you're like a stalker because you're so obsessed with getting someone that because in your mind you've said you're focused on what you don't have and you're constantly focused on what you don't have. And I think God is looking at and saying, what do you have? What do you have? Because as long as you're focused on what you don't have and are discontent, then God will probably can't use you very much until you start saying, this is what I do have, God. And so... Andrew has a mentality that's a little bit different than Philip's response because he focuses on what he does have, and Philip was focused on what he did not have. Andrew was focused on what he did have, and God was able to turn that around and use it because he was focused on what he did have. He brought to God what he had. I don't know what your situation is. I don't know what you're overwhelmed or frustrated with. I don't know if it's your marriage, your finances, your future, your prodigal son that you figure out how in the world can we get him back. I don't know what you're struggling with. But in a room this size, there's a lot of people right now overwhelmed and frustrated and feeling like I don't have a plan and I don't know what I'm going to do and I don't have what I need to meet this plan. And you may be here here and feeling like a victim. God, it's your fault. Could I I turn it around and ask you, what do you have that you need to surrender to God? What, What do you have right now? My wife was in a women's gathering recently, and there was a woman that was going through a a real tough time in her life. She was just overwhelmed with life. And my wife started the meeting by saying, Hey, let's all think of one thing we can celebrate. And they went around the circle, people were celebrating, got to the one woman, and she said, I have nothing to celebrate. Like, not one thing. I have nothing to celebrate. And I looked at this woman, she's married, she has three beautiful kids, her husband loves Jesus, and I'm thinking, you know what, no, you do have something to celebrate, you've just been focusing so much on what you don't have that you can't remember what to celebrate. And so Andrew's mentality, yeah, I don't have a lot, but I have something, and I'm offering it to you, Jesus, in light of this huge need that we have which leads into my third point not only will your plan bring you to impossible situations that sometimes are overwhelming not only does god plan test the source of your confidence and force you to ask yourself god what do i have but number 3 god's plan it will involve his word his touch his presence.
0: This is the new Bold Steps Weekend, and you're listening to the Bible teaching of Mark Job. We'll get back to the second half of today's message in just a moment, but let me invite you to sign up for a new email devotional online at boldstepsweekend.org. The Bold Stepper Weekly is free and is delivered right to your inbox each Monday morning. Okay. I don't have a drum roll, Mark, but we need a drum roll right now. We have an announcement to make about the Be Bold Contest that we're
1: announcing today. We are introducing for the first time, and I don't think we've ever done a contest, but this is a contest that has a spiritual has some spiritual implications That's right. to it. Wayne, the Be Bold Contest is we want to hear the stories of people that have taken a bold step in whatever area it is in your life that God prompted you It was a bold step, it was difficult, maybe a person you needed to talk to, maybe the step of baptism, maybe even giving your life to Christ, maybe uh, living with a girlfriend and decided, I got to be bold and take the step of marriage, maybe uh, someone you needed to forgive. But, you know, part of the essence of this ministry is we're calling people not just to be hearers, but to take bold steps of obedience. Take action. We want to hear your stories, but... We also want to thank you for your stories.
0: Yes, yeah, so that means that out of all the Be Bold uh, answers that we get, we're going to select 125 listeners to receive a very special gift. Which is on the table
1: right in front of you right here, Mark. So in this gift bag, we have some coffee by a Chicago-based Good Manners, but from Guatemala, great coffee. And you know your coffee, don't you? And I know my coffee because <laughs> I was raised in Spain, okay. and I like good coffee. <laughs> All with right. a little foam on top. And uh, But wait, there's more, as they say. There is more. And then, this is the first time we've had this. These are tumblers where you can drink your coffee in. On the front, it says, Bold Steps with Mark Job. And on the back of this tumbler, just to remind you, it says, Be Bold.
0: Love it. And it's not just any tumbler. This is an insulated. This is the kind of tumbler you can take in the car. It's got a lid on it. It's very, very helpful.
1: Oh, yeah. This is the good. This, this is the good hey, kind. Hey, <laughs> Bold Steps only does the no good shortcuts stuff here. <laughs> All right.
0: So to reiterate, we want to hear your Be Bold story. And i love to say that. Be bold. We want to hear from you. Just go to our website, BoldStepsWeekend.org. Click on Be Bold Contest and uh, tell us about your life and about your boldness. And then we'll enter your name into the contest for drawing one of these 125 gifts.
1: Wayne, we're going to read all of these stories and celebrate with you. But we'll share some of these stories on the air. We can't share all of them. But there are some compelling stories of people that have taken some bold steps. So I hope you join us in the fun. Of this contest that we're starting this week Called Be Bold Contest
0: Just go to the website boldstepsweekend.org And I love to think about what we're going to hear from our listeners All right, I love to hear what we're going to hear from Mark right now As we continue with the message God has a plan Right here on Bold Steps Weekend Notice in
1: verse 10 So after Andrew brought Jesus the little lunch from the boy, Jesus said, have the people sit down. There was plenty of grass. May not be a lot of food, but there's plenty of grass. Like some of the picnics you've been to. And the men sat down, about 5,000 of them. Jesus then, notice the words, Jesus then took the loaves, gave thanks, and distributed those to who were seated as much as they wanted. He did this, the same thing with the fish. Notice, he took the little that was given to him. He gave thanks to the Father, and then he distributed what was given to him, To the masses. Now, what John doesn't tell us, but Mark tells us, is is how this really played out. Mark tells us that Jesus set people down by 50s and by 100s on the grass. So he he organized them. And then verse 41 of Mark chapter 6, it says, Taking the five loaves and the two fish... Looking up to the heaven, he gave thanks and he broke the loaves. And then he gave them to his disciples to distribute to the people. And he also divided the two fish. So how many loaves were there? Five. How many fish are there? Two. So I want you to see how this really comes down. There's 10,000 people now. Andrew gives the boys lunch to Jesus. Jesus tells the disciples, now that someone has given me something to work with, we can meet the need. Did you see it? Someone had to give Jesus something to work with. Philip gave him questions and doubts. Andrew gave him a boy's lunch, but Jesus had something to work with. And I want you to notice that Jesus lines up the 12 disciples, and he breaks five loaves into how many? 12. Five pieces of bread into 12. Do the math. Everybody gets less than a half of loaf. These weren't big loaves, by the way. This is a kid's lunch, not big loaves. Not French bread. This is like a little half. Now he gets two fish and he breaks the fish up into 12. <clears throat> Have you ever had like a big family and, and just everybody wants a piece of that one cookie? And your kids say, I want a piece, I want a piece. And so you break one cookie up into four pieces. And there's always one kid that says, his piece is bigger than mine. And they're little, small pieces. This is two fish into 12 pieces. He gives it to his disciples, 12 disciples. Now imagine the disciples. There's 12 disciples. And here I am, Philip, holding a little piece of fish and a little piece of bread. And Jesus says, now go feed them. Go get them, tiger. If I was Philip... I would be looking for the next exit. Listen, the miracle of multiplication did not happen until there was the obedience of release. God did not provide truckloads first and then say, now distribute it. He provided very little, and he said, now use the little that you have and watch what I do with it. Now, we don't know exactly when the miracle took place, but we know there was a miracle of multiplication as the release happened. So Philip takes his little piece of fish and the little piece of bread, and if I'm Philip, I'm figuring I can get probably a row, but there's 10,000 left. So I'm going to give the first guy like a really small piece, really small, because I'm figuring at least I'll get a row. And the second one, a really small piece. So he's giving, I'm guessing he's giving really small pieces to begin with, because he's feeling I'm going to run out. And he, he gets to the sixth person and the seventh person, and he's thinking it's going to run out. And something starts to happen out of the little that he gives, he starts to give, and it seems like it's not running out. And so the more he gives, this weird, crazy thing happens That the more he gives, he seems to be replenishing. And so he's giving and giving and giving and giving. By the time he gets over there, I think I'd be going back to the first person and say, you know what? I cheated you out. How how about a bigger piece for you? Because I didn't give you enough. Because what he starts to realize is that as he's releasing, it's in the giving and the releasing and the obedience that the multiplication is happening. Not in advance, but as he's obeying in the little that he has. Man, I'm talking to someone here today. And now by the time he's down to this row, man, he's getting big pieces. He's like, more, he, you know, double portion, double portion. And it keeps growing and growing. And here's what the Bible says. The Bible says, by the time they finished feeding everyone until they were satisfied. It's hard to satisfy hungry men, 5,000 of them. They collected an overflow of what? Come on, you heard it in Sunday school. Twelve basketfuls. So, what they released, what they collected was. Greater than what they released because the multiplication happened as they gave and they were faithful. Some of you are feeling, I don't have, listen, I don't have any more love to give to this marriage. I have no more love to give to this marriage. I'm at the wit's end. I don't know, God. You need to have a plan. And I don't know what it is. And I'm at the very end of it, God, because I have no more to give. And I just, I'm hanging on by a small thread. This is what I have. If I had friends, if I had support, if I had a husband that would love me, if he was sensitive, he was like that person over there. If he was like when we first married where he would write me notes, then call me up, I'd drop me off and call me and say, what have you been doing? Nothing, it's just been five minutes. I just want to talk to you. And maybe God is saying to you, listen, take what you have. Maybe it's shriveled, it's small, it's little. But if you take that love and say, you know what? I am going to give it. And God, you've got to multiply it because I feel like it's going to run out. There's something that happens in obedience. And some of you say, saying, well, I'm going to wait till God fills me with this overwhelming love. And when my husband walks in the door, I'm like, wow, he's my knight and shining arm. I'm waiting for God to fill me before I love him. No, it doesn't work that way. The way that it works is we obey when we have little and we give and God multiplies it when it's little, not when we have enough and feel like, oh, yeah, now I can do it. No, it happens in the obedience. Men, can I talk to you? There are some of you that are gifted and qualified. You're leaders. Man, you're influencers. All I'm saying is that the kingdom of God advances not by people that are full and have a plan and are always resourced and have everything that they need to change the world. The kingdom of God doesn't advance by people that have plenty and a strategy and a plan. The kingdom of God, when I see it, typically advances by people that are out-resourced Don't always have a strategic plan, don't always know how it's going to be done, but they simply say, God, what I have, here it is. I need your touch, your word, and I need you to multiply it, God. I am convinced that most of us live well beneath our calling. Not because God can't use us, but because oftentimes we have more of a Philip mentality than we have an Andrew mentality. When they had all had enough to eat, he said to his disciples, Gather the pieces that are left over. Let nothing be wasted. So they gathered them and filled 12 baskets with the pieces that they had five barley loaves left over by those who had eaten. When all the people were fed... And fed to the fullest, they collected 12 baskets left over. God had a plan to use a boy's lunch to do one of the greatest miracles recorded in the New Testament. So much that all all four gospel writers had to tell about it. Not because it was a great food story, but because it was a great faith story of what God can do when people offer the little they have to Him and understand God has a plan. I don't, but I'm going to move forward, releasing it into His hands, trusting His Word, He thanked them, and responding in obedience to what God is saying.
0: You're listening to Bold Steps Weekend with Mark job and Mark, I'm struck by those words. What I have, here it is, but I think we need to ask ourselves, are we operating in a Philip or an Andrew mentality?
1: Yeah. Sometimes they're so close, but yet so distinct. One is really saying, I don't know how it's gonna be done, the other's saying, I'm not sure, but here's what I have, working at God.
0: Well, thank you, Mark, for your message today. As Mark mentioned earlier, every day we have an opportunity to be an influencer in the lives of people around us. So if you're looking for a new way to make an impact in your community this year, be sure to partner with us. Your gifts as a bold partner will help us get Bold Steps Weekend and our daily sister program, Bold Steps with Mark Job, under radio stations all across the country and even around the world. You can give online at boldstepsweekend.org. Or give a financial gift by calling us at 866-535-5580. That's 866-535-5580. And if being a monthly partner is not something you can manage right now, then we'd like to remind you, you can always give a one-time donation too. Just address your envelope to Bold Steps Weekend, 820 North LaSalle Boulevard, Chicago, Illinois 60610. And with your gift of any amount, we'll send you our latest bold action gift, a book by Kurt Bruner and Jim Ware. And here's Mark to tell us a little bit more about it.
1: For more than 70 years, adults and children alike have been captivated by C.S. Lewis' enchanting book series, The Chronicles of Narnia. Most Christians are aware of its Christian themes, but the depths to which the gospel reaches through the timeless classic is truly astonishing. To understand the deeper meaning behind the series, I'd like to recommend a book called Finding God in the Land of Narnia. It's our Bold Step action gift this month, and it's an in-depth read that will help you learn how C.S. Lewis used this series to build a bridge for disbelieving minds. We'd love to send you a copy with your gift of any amount to support the ministry of Bold Steps.
0: That's right. To request your copy, just call us at 866-535-5580. And when you reach out today, be sure to also let us know how we can pray for you and your family this year. Every card, letter, email, or social media message we receive is read by Mark and the Bold Steps Weekend team. And we love hearing how God is working in your life. And then speaking of work, ladies, would you like to discover how you can take a break from the daily grind so that you can nurture your own spiritual and emotional needs as we head back into the fast pace of fall? Well, on September 18, Moody Radio will be hosting a unique conference designed to help you find spiritual refreshment, hope, and contentment, no matter what season of life you're in right now. You can register in person and online, and we'd love for you to take part in this special opportunity. For more details or to sign up right now, visit BoldStepsWeekend.org. That's all the time we have today. On behalf of the entire team at Bold Steps Weekend, I'm Wayne Shepherd. Next time, learn more about staying on target with God today and every day with our new series, Bullseye Living. That's coming up next weekend, right here on Bold Steps Weekend. Bold Steps Weekend is a production of Moody Radio, a ministry of Moody Bible Institute.